Another job done exactly how I like my steak, Angel. Well done. Now we can get on with season three. Oh, by the way, how do you like my suit jacket? What? Are you kidding me? Job well done? Your staff have been murdered and all we did was talk about a similar event. Hey, 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 chill. Why are you getting all bent out of shape? Maybe you'd like to pet Quentin to relieve stress. Matt, our work here isn't done. This is not, this is not what we, like, I don't under, this was your idea. You're right. So it is also my idea that we've done our job. What makes you think there's more to do? I must confess, our lives have been threatened. For us to see this to its fullest logical conclusion, you finding me in my bunker was no accident. Have you noticed we've been followed all this time? To your credit, I've tried to keep you distracted. Move away from the present. Think back to Quentin. When did he come into our lives? Towards the end of season two, I was approached by a shadowy figure. Perfection was what it asked for. I was afraid. But now that I've told you, maybe we can finish it and battle this thing. The thing that threatened me. The creature that wants us to finish our tasks is none other than... Quentin? No! Don't you see? Quentin isn't real! It was a Snallygaster! Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt, once again joined by Angel. Before we get into our entity for this episode, Angel, I have to ask you about one of your, I don't know how I should say this, maybe weirder hobbies. So there is a huge market for plush toys out there. Cute little animals or monsters, tons of licensed stuffed toys, that sort of thing. All of it a big enough market where you thought you could get your foot in the door. With your currently under construction Etsy shop hopefully being open soon, you dabble in a bit of plush making in your own angel way. Rather than sewing fabrics together, your medium of choice is felting. For those of you unaware, traditional methods of felting is using finely textured animal hairs and basically rubbing them together so that they bind. Rather than using normal materials like wool, you use a more local source a source directly from your own body. Yes, I am speaking of human hair. Be it from the top of your noggin or that Gandalf-like beard that you can grow, there is just an endless supply of hair. Human hair felt's a little bit different though, as it basically makes a dreadlock. I have to ask why the use of human hair versus animal hair? It's just um, sustainable, really. It's more sustainable that way and you know, in these times, I don't really have access to a lot of animals. So I said, why not just 
you know, get the source directly from myself. Our curiosities can't see us now, but I know you can, Matt, and I am freshly shaven. Yes, that means there is a big one in the works, because that beard was rather bushy. <laughs> I was saving it up for, for the big one, yep. So, tiny, cute animals like foxes, dogs, cats, that sort of thing, they are usually the most felt items out there to buy. Any favorite items to felt? Like, is there anything that you like to focus on? Cactuses. Oh, <laughs> We're back on that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like little cute little cactuses? Do they have smiley faces or anything? Yes. And then do you put your hybrid needles <laughs> in the felt cactuses? I put a few of them in there, you know, mm-hmm. just to give it a little sense of danger. And spice it up a little bit. <laughs> what drew you to felting? What made it like, this is my thing now? I was uh, watching a movie. I don't remember what it was called. It was on the internet. It was on some website that had a lot of pop-ups and... Look, all I know is that the guy was, like, cutting the hair and putting it in jars, and he was, like, putting it on shelves, and I'm like, yes, this is what I want to do. <laughs> was he a serial killer? <laughs> I don't know. I can't find that movie anymore, and nobody seems to have heard of it, so I don't know. It's so weird. It's probably for the best. I don't <laughs> see that again. Are there any big licenses out there that you'd love to get your hands on and just be able to felt one of those characters? Pokemon. Ooh. There's a lot of them. You're going to grow a lot of beard hair. <laughs> yep. To felt them all. It, it's going to be worth it. Anyone that you're really looking forward to? Porygon. You're going to have to make that felt really smooth. Yep. Good luck on that. You're going to have to like, get the sandpaper out and shave that <laughs> bastard down. <laughs> Now's a good time to look at a few crazy stories. This one's a good one. I know this is a man that you genuinely love, Angel. Hassan Barbar. Yep. So coming from unexplainedmysteries.com, it is titled Urban Explorer Films Ghost Boy in Jordan. YouTuber Hassan Barbar captured a mysterious figure on camera during his recent exploration of an old building. The creepy footage, which shows the abandoned litter-strewn hallways of an unidentified building illuminated only by the light of Hassan's torch, is unnerving enough. But near the end of the video, he turns to see a mysterious figure standing at the end of a nearby hallway. At first, it seems as though the figure, which looks like a boy dressed in black, might not even be real. However, after a few seconds, it can be seen turning towards the right and walking out of sight behind a wall. Goes on to say that the video is certainly compelling, however, it's difficult to rule out the possibility that the ghost was simply an accomplice and that the entire thing was staged to solicit views on YouTube. So what do you think of Hassan Barbar's latest video angel of this mysterious ghost boy? All I gotta say is, I don't care if it was staged or not, I'm there for the yelling in Arabic and the ghostly appearances whether they appear behind him or in a mirror or in the dark hallway where it's the Mm -hmm. shape of a little boy. (laughs) Or if he's underneath some stairs and he gets locked into this room and like a fire starts in the room, like crazy (laughs) shit happens to Hassan Barbar. (laughs) Yes, and somehow the the fire looks like it's in a different part of the room. I don't know, that's weird. (laughs) A a trick of the camera, I think. A lot of interesting videos from Hassan Barbaro. He he brings a lot of, I guess you could say, enthusiasm to urban exploration slash ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. Any any thoughts on Hassan Barbar in general? Continue doing his thing. I encourage it. In fact, I often think to myself, maybe I should start 
exploring urbanly. The Unexplained Mysteries uh, article does have a clip to the YouTube video, and at around 12 minutes and 15 seconds is when the mysterious ghost boy shows up. But it also, in the article, doesn't mention that. Like, for the previous 10 minutes in this video, Hassan Barbar is, like, communicating with the boy, uh, the ghost boy. And to me, sounds simply said enough like there is a child on the other side of the hallway that he's talking to like it is that clear <laughs> of a communication between the two of them mm-hmm. i mean hassan barbar getting a plus level evps <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let the the haters distract you hassan barbar keep doing <laughs> hassan barbar stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> the other article that we have is uh titled russian man trapped on chinese tv show also coming from unexplainedmysteries.com. And I must say, Angel, this might be the single greatest news article that I have ever read in my life. It goes on to say, For Vladislav Ivanov, reality TV turned out to be a nightmare he couldn't escape from for three months. The 27-year-old model, who had been working as a translator on the show Produce Camp 2021, was persuaded to join as a contestant when the producers noticed his good looks, which I guess he's a model, so that's, there's a reason for that. He quickly regretted the decision, however, having realized that he actually hated being on the show, but was unable to leave <laughs> due to the extremely stringent contract terms that he agreed to. Over the, over the following weeks, he begged audiences to vote him off the program while delivering clearly half-hearted performances during the song and dance routines the aim of the show is for contestants to compete against one another for a chance to form an 11 member international boy band with the group's members voted by for by the public please don't make me go to the finals i'm tired ivanov told the audiences in one episode over the next three months he remained trapped on the show (laughs) unable to leave and with audiences continually voting to keep him there for the very reason that he didn't want to be there he ended up being propelled through the entire show and made it to the finals where he risked being contractually obligated to become a member of the winning band if he was voted through again. Luckily for him, however, he was voted off the show at the last minute, and it finishes with, I'm finally getting off work, he wrote on his social media. So how about Vladislav Ivanov, just the worst three months of his life, what do you think of this? <laughs> I, I, this is like... My first thought was like that movie, uh, Stay Tuned, where um, John Ritter, I think is his name, he gets a satellite dish from the devil. And, oh, and he's, isn't he like stuck on a game show or and something? And he gets stuck on like TV. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the other thing is just that I'm just thinking, how cruel are the audience that they're just like, no, nah, we're going to keep you here. <laughs> yeah. I love his his plea. Please don't make me go to the finals. I'm tired. <laughs> you get my vote. But like, no, you continue on. See, he did. He, I think he went about this all wrong. What he should have done was been arrogant, done his half-hearted performances, and then say how awesome he was. Then the audience would have mm-hmm. hated him, and yeah, they would have voted because, him off right away. Because there's always got to be a reality contestant that like is so egotistical, narcissist. That's like I'm the best thing ever yeah and if vladislav went that way he would have been off the first show people yep. see through people see through that shit 
but because he did it, he provided mm-hmm. uh, me the the most joyous night. <laughs> and I mean, it's is that a a a worldwide like human reaction when you see people like saying, "Please don't do this." Like you do the thing that they're asking you not to do. For Vladislav, it happened for three months. <laughs> I sure hope not. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad Vladislav got out of his literal hell. So, <laughs> good thing it he's not part of that boy band. It, it, I mean, I guess the the audience was merciful enough not to mm-hmm. get him in the uh, the the boy band group. <laughs> but how great would have that been? Like then he has to like start <laughs> yes. touring with this yep. eleven man boy band, <laughs> and he just like half asses all of his parts on the on stage. <laughs> Oh, that would be hilarious, <laughs> but bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> so with those life-changing stories out of the way, why don't we get down to Brass Tax Angel? We have a new entity to look at, and it seems to be just as wild as any other out there. This week, we are investigating the Snallygaster, a creature that has its roots in German folklore, because as this season has been made clear, it is oddly, unintentionally entwined with Germany. Originally called the Schnellergeist by German immigrants in 1700s Maryland, the name eventually transitioned to the Snallygaster. And by the early 1900s, we see our first known written record of the entity. So in your opinion, Angel, which is better? The name Schnellergeist or Snallygaster? I feel like there should be another the third like, option. The, well, the, option C. the transition between Schnellergeist mm-hmm. and Snallygaster, something like Schnelly, Schnelly Gast, or something like that. Schnessy? How about Schnessy? <laughs> Schnessy. <laughs> or, or, you know, I'm partial to crosswise Gassikuts. You're, you're, par- you're partial to that? It just, like, it, it just off comes the- off the tongue, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that again? <laughs> crosswise Gassikuts. Crosswise crosswise gamgy <laughs> schneller geist seems like a really cool creature from hellboy who has some sort of ectoplasm he shoots out at hellboy and then hellboy makes some sort of like funny quip about having being slimed so i think schneller geist is the cooler of the two names mm-hmm. but also based on what we have learned about santa in season two it also seems like a fitting name for santa claus it would be like dad Come quick. The Schneller guys threw a gold bar through my window. <laughs> so <laughs> The quick ghost. And that's what Santa is? Damn it. <laughs> Snallygaster seems to me like a much less, and I don't know, maybe non-threatening name. The Chad Lewis approach, maybe? <laughs> Not the NFL player. It seems more, more related to naming of something in epic poems like Beowulf. So like the name Grendel. Like, what the hell do you expect when you're going to go fight Grendel? Some dude named Grendel and his mom. Like, <laughs> you don't know what you're going up against. Well, Grendel's mom is worse because it just goes by <laughs> Grendel's mom. I know. <laughs> what a, like, horrible self-identification. Like, <laughs> I am my child's mother. That's all I am. <laughs> so the name is No Melonheads, I'll say. 
It doesn't have the typical naming criteria that we'd see. Mm-hmm. So Snallygaster doesn't really have anything that jumps out and that gives you an idea of what the hell this thing looks like. Coming from the book Snallygaster, The Lost Legend of Frederick County by Patrick Boyton in 2011, we are told that it was described as having four legs armed with claws-like steel hooks and a single eye in the center of its forehead. As if the monster's appearance wasn't terrifying enough, it also emitted a screech that sounded like a locomotive whistle. Other features Boynton mentions are large wings, razor-sharp beak, dragon-like tail that was at least 20 feet long, and horns, while other authors such as Trevor Blank, David Puglia, and Charles Camp in the 2014 book Maryland Legends states that it was reported to have tentacles like an octopus. It's a pretty big thing for Patrick Boynton to have left out, I think, in, <laughs> in his description. But eh. One variation in eyewitness accounts also stated that rather than claws, the creature actually had hooves. So what do you make of this appearance, Angel? I feel like this sounds like it's the makings of, a, of a, another Wolpertinger. But this one, like, isn't phased by female breasts. It, like, <laughs> kills people. <laughs> yeah, this is like the, uh, the, the Wolpertinger on steroids. Uh-huh. Like, some evil scientist says, I'm making you to be evil and not to just distract women. <laughs> I, also, I also read that it was also described as a monkey or gorilla or a bear type thing like a hairy thing what <laughs> that's like wildly different than yeah <laughs> they sure they didn't see bigfoot <laughs> might have been that's i mean that's so far off from the, that description that's not even the same creature yeah <laughs> and how about this though it makes choo-choo noises mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty cool <laughs> A a 20-foot-long tail. Put in the rest, and you probably have something, I would think, close to 50 or 60 feet long that is pretty much a dragon-like creature. This may be the biggest entity that we've looked at yet. So how does something this big even hide and not just be seen all the damn time? Well, I think it's like in uh, Jurassic World, you know, when the, the genetically designed dinosaur... The one that like can turn invisible or something like that. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it does. God, I forgot about that part of the movie. <laughs> it's because like the whole, the, that was like the whole movie, the most believable part of the movie. <laughs> you know, I like my Jurassic Parks where the dinosaur eats a cell phone and then the cell phone rings in its belly. To me, that's peak Jurassic Park. Oh, God. <laughs> like Nokia ringer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, God. Product placement. <laughs> I love it. Do you know what the most reportedly seen thing in relation to the Snallygaster is? I've done some research on this, actually. So I've cross-referenced several maps, historical documents. I've talked to a few experts. And I can confidently say... Is this a question where I'm just gonna be wrong no matter what? No. Okay. Not this time. Not this is this is a serious one. Okay. Um, in that case, I would say it's the Jersey Devil. You're still wrong though. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is an option to be right in this one. You're just wrong. The real answer is Cotton Eye Joe's razor, the axiom that states for something to have come from somewhere, it must therefore go somewhere. So where the heck did the Snallygaster come from? So hold on to your butt angel we are actually traveling back into time to the early 20th century maryland a time before Goatman roamed the forest with his axe ready to kill teenagers stealing a smooch are you ready 
I should have said .NET says. I should respond to that with, I don't even believe myself when I say I'll be ready in five minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the best response they had for that. God. What was that from? I should have said .NET. Is that like a website that tells you what to say? <laughs> like, like, how do you respond to it and then they have like different questions? So they have one for responses to, are you ready? Oh, God. You know what that person needs is time management. <laughs> That's a time management problem. Mm -hmm. so the bulk of reports with the Snallygaster began in Frederick County, Maryland. <laughs> the response was so stupid. <laughs> Frederick County, Maryland, in February of 1909. They're, oh, God. I was, I was expecting, like, uh, the Indiana Jones voice. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> in February of 1909, they pretty much come exclusively from the local newspaper, the Middletown Valley Register. According to the book Snallygaster, The Lost Legend of Frederick County by Patrick Boyton, states that a man by the name of Bill Gifferson was enjoying a walk along a county road when suddenly a flying monster swooped down upon him. He was then plucked off the ground by the creature and carried to the top of a hill. And the monster's needle-like beak pierced the man's jugular vein and began sucking his blood. When done with feasting, the creature tossed Gifferson's lifeless body down the hillside and vanished as quickly as it came. There we go, Angel. The first writings of it, and it just kills a dude. No idea how any eyewitnesses saw this thing pick up Bill Gifferson and like decided not to help. And then old Bill just gets his blood sucked, and then the creature tosses his body down a hill and then flies away. What do you make of that? Well, considering the size of this thing, there's no way I would try to help mm -hmm. <laughs> based on the, the, the way it's supposed to look like. Um, I, well, I, I love, too, the way that it looks. It just, like, sucks the guy's blood. <laughs> it can eat him. It can just chop him in half. <laughs> it's, a, it's a delicacy. You know, it prefers to <laughs> suck your blood. It's a, he's a dainty eater. <laughs> like, did you expect for the first victim to ha just be, like, vampire-drained? No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, with the way it's described, it's got beaks, it's got talons, it's got tentacles. It doesn't need any of that shit. And, and like, what's it using to suck the blood? Like, yeah, the way that old Patrick Boynton states it, that the monster's needle-like beak. So like the the beak must be like hollow mm -hmm. for to allow like a needle to allow sucking through. So it just I pierces. Don't, I don't know. It yeah. just pierces it with the needle and just. With his beak, it just stays there and just yep, sucks just... in. <laughs> like a, a giant mosquito. The next encounter with George Jacobs, who was apparently more prepared than Bill was, as George saw a large animal flapping its wings, so he did what anyone in that situation should do. He pulled out his gun and shot at it. Get this, Angel. As according to Patrick Borton's book, the shot rattled from its tough hide as if he shot against an iron plate. So it was like Back to the Future Part 3, where <laughs> Marty gets in that duel with Biff, and he just puts on like the cast iron thing. That's basically the Snallygaster. <laughs> and the creature then turned its attention to George, but the would-be monster killer was able to escape by jumping into a nearby stable and getting away from the Snallygaster. 
It's like the band Meter Visitor all over again, Angel. Just shoot at everything. Don't ask questions. After you shoot, just keep shooting some more. Do you think these people are more justified since it like seemingly killed a man? Yeah, I mean, if it's killed a man, sure, justified. But just like the Van Meter visitor, the bullets do nothing, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's going to be more people just try shooting it. Yeah. (laughs) So the book Mysteries and Lore of Western Maryland by Susan Fair states, within hours of its first appearance in the Middletown Valley Register, people in Frederick and Washington counties and even nearby Shepherdstown, West Virginia, began reporting encounters with the flying monster. Another paper, the Hagerstown Mail, reported that the Smithsonian was interested in the entity. Apparently, the Smithsonian told the paper, and this is a quote from it, it was either a winged bovopolis or a snallygaster, as it has some of the characteristics of both. These animals are exceedingly rare, and the hide of the snallygaster is said to be worth $100,000 a square foot, as it is the only thing known that will properly polish punkle shells used by Africans of Umbopland for ornaments. So what do you make of this report by the Hagerstown Mail Angel? To me, it sounds like the Smithsonian is more gullible and less prestigious than I gave him credit for. <laughs> Smithsonian's hot in the case. They're going at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? The Snallygaster? We're there. Well, it, but the way it's presented is that like no one knew that it was the Snallygaster. The Smithsonian's like, based on the reports, it sounds like a winged bovopolis or a Snallygaster. <laughs> Like, so, so they have they have a documentation of this thing. <laughs> yeah, they know about it apparently. And and I did the math. A square foot of hide in 2021 would be worth almost three million dollars now. Wow. So this begs the question: Why would the people of Mbopland need this hide to polish a punkle shell? Based on a supply and demand scenario here i feel like a properly polished punkle shell should go for millions of dollars so why don't we know more about this fabulous punkle shell let's see we need non-existent creatures hide to to polish this thing and probably what's a made-up african group of people (laughs) no way (laughs) and a made-up shell you're gonna tell me next (laughs) possibly Eh, maybe. So combined <laughs> with the pseudoscientific Bovopulous name, I feel like the Hagerstown Mail just made up that entire Smithsonian response. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> so to not be outdone, the Middletown Valley Register stepped up to the plate and revealed an even bigger scoop, as they should have. The United States military was sending in soldiers armed with a Gatling gun to take down this flying menace. The paper even stated President Teddy frickin' Roosevelt was going to hold off his planned big game hunt in Africa so he could fell the Snallygaster. I mean, Angel, I have to ask, why is the Hagerstown Mail such a stupid newspaper, and why is the Register better? (laughs) Well, because first of all, they got the bull moose on their side. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, the freaking Bovopolis is there. <laughs> and and they're bringing the, the military. The, the military's involved with the Gatling guns. <laughs> no, just, just one Gatling gun. It's all these soldiers and one Gatling gun. It, they all stand around it as it gets shot. <laughs> like, what, what did the, the, the Hagerstown Mail only had the Smithsonian? They're like, oh, crap, we screwed this one up. <laughs> Register goes straight to the executive branch. <laughs> 
to the Snallygast killer-in-chief, can either of them really be believed at this point, do you think? Of course not. All newspapers at that time were battling for supreme readership. <laughs> so, eh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> the Snallygaster frenzy worked some citizens up so much that they took to the forest, ready to hunt down the creature. Newspaper headlines soon became Snallygaster captured as a Myersville man claimed to have prison one in his basement. Upon further inspection, as people went to go see it, I believe in like hodag fashion, they probably like, I had to pay to get in. <laughs> a <And> nickel. <laughs> I made $300 this weekend. <laughs> it was learned that it was no Snallygaster, but a large owl. The owl's innocence was proven when sightings of the monster resumed after its capture. So how do you think this dude mistook an owl for what was being reported as the Snallygaster? I have a million questions. <laughs> like, like you're right how did he mistake it or did, did he really or is he just playing it off and he's got really bad eyesight <laughs> supposing <laughs> supposing that this creature isn't actually real and this is all made up the fact that there was still sightings of the thing after he killed the owl means people are still like there's something there that they're seeing <laughs> yeah something's going on and and not only that but how many people saw the thing before they said, hey, that's an owl? <laughs> it's, like, it's like the first person, like, I, I imagine the scenario goes down. They're all waiting at this guy's house to go into his creepy-ass basement. <laughs> he has a sign that he made off of some old pallets or something that says, Snallygaster, 10 cents. And the L's <laughs> are spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and you go in, the first guy's been standing there for, like, six hours to see this goddamn <laughs> beast he goes in he's like this is a freaking owl <laughs> i mean there you know there's a lot of cryptids that are owl like so maybe you know he thought hey this is kind of like what i've heard about from these other things <laughs> must have been a largest damn owl in existence to say you know what that looks like the thing that uh could suck your blood and <laughs> and what's his name shot at George Jacobs. We then have the single greatest Snallygaster encounter angel. A man working at a brick-burning kiln in Mapleside claimed to have found an immense bat, as he was quoted as saying, that was supposedly cooling itself off over the kiln. When the man approached the creature, it screeched and flapped its wings so hard it knocked him over. The creature flew over to a tub of water used for the boilers of the brick plant and drank the whole damn thing. 100 gallons of water in one sitting. Angel, put your hands firmly on your butt and hold on. The creature then said in a raspy voice, My, I'm dry. I haven't had a good drink since I was killed in the Battle of Chickamauga. <laughs> it talked, Angel. The Snallygaster talk to this dude. What do you make of this? I think it's interesting that in this particular instance of the Snallygaster, that it's not being aggressive and is an <laughs> alcoholic. <laughs> well, this one, well, this one's just water. <laughs> it's just some. Well, I guess it could be alcohol. It could be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it processes water differently. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, it's like that story we covered before about that guy that had the <laughs> yeah remember what the scenario was but he got drunk mm -hmm. why is the snallygaster talking and 
cooling itself off in a fire fire. I don't understand how it's cooling itself off over the kiln. Like it, <laughs> why is it should it, be getting hotter. Why did it get killed in a battle? I don't understand. <laughs> like, was it a Snallygaster during that battle? Like, that, they, I mean, that's one of the things. Like, was it or was it some soldier that got killed and... Was he like cursed and became back as the Snallycaster or something? He's the man bat. <laughs> I know. So, according to author Patrick Borton, the Battle of Chickamauga was fought in September of 1863 and was the most significant Union defeat in the Western theater of the Civil War. The unusual part of it all, though, is that this battle took place over 600 miles away on the Tennessee and Georgia border. If it was like some sort of reincarnation scenario, like, why would now the Snallygaster be here? Shouldn't he be, like, a Tennessee-Georgia thing? And on that same side of it, they're so much closer to Gettysburg and, like, other huge Civil War battles. Like, why do you think this there's this connection to this battle, even, like, at that time, 50 or so years earlier? Well, I mean, it's my understanding that the Snallygaster has been talked about even at those times. It wasn't mm-hmm. until the 1900s that it was first written down. So maybe it uh, migrated. Maybe it left like Maryland for a while, <laughs> went down to Tennessee, Georgia. <laughs> went on killed, holiday. Got killed in the Civil War. And he's like, oh, man, I'm back. And I'm killing everyone except for you, guy. <laughs> I'm just going to blow you over my wings. It just yeah. went on a holiday. God damn it. He was thirsty. A <laughs> hundred gallons of water. Another Another question is like, where did he get the water from? It was the a tub of water that's used for the boilers for the brick plant. Right. The man saw him do this. But if that thing was already there, why did it drink the water already? <laughs> well, because it was cooling off <laughs> over the kiln. <laughs> there's, a, no there's a very specific process for the Snallygaster. First, you got to cool, cool down, cool off period uh, after On a workout. A <laughs> and then, and then, And then you drink. Then you hydrate after that. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> so other reports included that we had <laughs> that we had on our hands a 1998 version of Godzilla starring Matthew Broderick, where <laughs> as the creature just started laying eggs. According to the book Maryland Legends, the monster laid a yellowish barrel-sized egg somewhere around Gaflin State Park or near Sharpsburg. A search party then set up to find it in hopes of incubating the egg. So then the final major incident occurred in March of 1909. The Emmitsburg Chronicle ran a story saying Western Maryland Railway employee Ed Brown heard a noise thinking thieves were stealing coal. As it turns out, it was a thief, just not what he was expecting. As the Snallygaster burst onto the scene and ate the coal, it then plucked Brown by his damn suspenders until passerby Bill Snyder saw the commotion from his car and in an unangel-like fashion got out and helped and grabbed onto <laughs> Brown's foot. In the ultimate game of tug and war, Brown's suspenders finally broke and the Snallygaster, in anger, unleashed fire from its nostrils, presumably because it ate the coal. The Maryland Legends book states the men battled the monster for nearly an hour and a half. Angel. Now it breathes fire. How can this thing like keep getting its plans foiled by these random people? They battled for an hour and a half, and the Snallygaster, I guess, lost 
because those two guys are still alive. So far, it killed one dude. What is going on? To me, it just sounds like the drunk we just met <laughs> earlier. <laughs> just, just he just around. doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> doing drunk things, sometimes mm-hmm. getting into fights. Just happened to kill the one guy. Can you imagine being in a battle for an hour and a half with anything? And this thing's a fire-breathing Snallygaster? I think that's what inspired the fight scene in They Live. <laughs> rowdy, rowdy Piper. Yeah, that's a badass battle. The rest of the movie, not so much, but their battle's cool. <laughs> not to be outdone on letting someone else have the last story. The Middletown Valley Register jumps back in and ran a story saying, John Glass, who was returning from a sale at Bridgeport where he purchased a well, through the newly acquired well, at the Schlitztister with such good aim that it is now minus a few ready-made holes. For the well passed over its huge snout, and when last seen in the woods to the west of Tannytown, it wore it like a nose ring. So now we got a dude throwing wells, Angel. Make this make sense. <laughs> a dude throwing wells. He, threw, he bought a well, saw the Snallygaster, and was like, I gotta take this bastard down. It's all counting on me. He threw the well that he bought at the thing, and then the well hit it in the face, and there must have been some sort of metal piece in it, and it became a nose ring for the Snallygaster angel. Now the Snallygaster has a nose piercing because a man threw a well at it. Does that mean it can't breathe fire through its nostrils anymore? I guess it could, but it would just heat up the <laughs> heat up the, <laughs> the metal. metal piece. <laughs> yeah, and now in, in this instance, like I'm I'm more uh curious about the man like this kind of superhuman dude <laughs> freaking Shit. paul bunyan in disguise <laughs> chucking a well he probably did it one arm too <laughs> i also love how they just randomly changed the name to schlitz <laughs> like, <laughs> the first time that's been it's been called that schlitz is just out there in the air john glass here to save the day is oh, john God. glass uh like an uh, ancestor of bobby glass is that the guy that killed the hoogag I don't know. I don't, there's so many names. Oh, they have a they have a family history of just killing or at least attacking. Uh, cryptids. John Glass was not. He didn't have what it takes. Should have threw that well harder, John Glass. What were you thinking? <laughs> and with that, after a few short months, the Snallygaster was gone. So let us now take a look at where it went. So guess who is back with more information, Angel? The best newspaper on god's green earth the middletown valley register november 11th 1932 a large winged creature is spotted once again but this time it's a tad different than its original 1909 version now with the ability to change color and size the world is introduced to the son of snallygaster as is presumed that the egg laid finally hatched and now has come of age which means it must start terrorizing people do you think this is related to the egg, or is it a different species, or what's going on here? There's a lot of winged creatures during this time, it seems, mm-hmm. and across the states. I'm starting to believe they're all the same kind of thing with variation. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think it might be related to the egg. I also believe that, you know, let's say these things lay eggs, the their offspring will not look like their parents. Maybe they'll develop 
some new God, features. Are they like, some, <laughs> they get, like their own <laughs> special upgrades. Well, yeah, this one can like uh, when I read ability to change color, I almost think like camouflage. Like yeah. now it's a chameleon. So back I mean, back to the badass. Jurassic World thing. <laughs> it is. Oh no, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And this one doesn't sound like a choo-choo train. It sounds like a telephone ring. (laughs) (laughs) Just mimicking what it hears, I guess. (laughs) A month later, the stories all came to an end as the Snallygaster had a bit, as you said before, Angel, an alcohol problem, it seems. (laughs) The register reported the monster was intoxicated by the sweet, sweet smells of some moonshine. 2,500 gallons of it, to be exact. (laughs) <laughs> a shit ton of moonshine it is claimed as the creature investigated the smell it was knocked out by the fumes and crashed into the boiling mash the moonshiners just booked it because you know a snallygaster crashed into their moonshine making apparatus and it just so happened to be that prohibition officer george danforth and deputy charles kushwa arrived to investigate the illegal moonshining business Inside the vat was the scorched skeletal remains of the Snallygaster, the skin completely eroded due to the large amount of lye that they used in the moonshine processing. I suppose just to cross their T's and dot their I's, Angel, they decided to just blow up the moonshine operation with 500 pounds of dynamite. They damn near nuked this thing from orbit. 500 pounds of dynamite with 2,500 gallons of moonshine. Is that overkill for something that was already dead? Yes. <laughs> it's not like over, like too much. <laughs> Should they have done 400 pounds of dynamite? God, I just, it just, all of these things, all of these stories that are, they always have the same kind of ending where it's like, the creature may possibly be dead, but just to be sure, we're going to still blow things up. Like, for some reason. I wish we could still have that mentality today where I can just blow things up and I don't get questioned for it. Hey, mm-hmm. I was just killing this creature that I'm pretty sure was dead anyway, but making sure it don't come back. It was just bones. It's goddamn body deteriorated because of the alcohol. <laughs> Which is a shame because we could have used that hide to polish some punkle shells. You know how much money we could have made with that? The entire hide? God damn. I, I mean, I want to know more about this 2,500 gallons of moonshine. <laughs> My this, God. One thing I'm learning is this thing likes to drink, mm-hmm. whether it's water or moonshine. So that seemed to have been the last of the Snallagaster for the most part. So what exactly the hell was it? One theory is very similar to something that we covered in, I, I believe it was the Who Gag episode, with the Snollygoster, an alligator-like creature that supposedly only ate black people. There is a theory that this creature was simply born from racism following the Civil War to frighten freed slaves and to keep them out of the area. The book Mysteries and Lore of Western Maryland mentions this as the first initial report from the Middletown Valley Register actually ran the headline, the colored people are in great danger. It's as the title of the Snallygaster story, as Bill Gifferson, the only person that it actually supposedly killed, was a black man. So any thoughts on this, Angel? It, maybe maybe it started off that way. Um, mm-hmm. It's it certainly or, veered at least into... In the, in the newspapers that way, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely veered into a different direction. But 
I'm glad you brought up the Snolly Gloucester mm-hmm. because I'm I had a hard time researching this thing because the way the the creatures' names are spelled kind of vary. So I may have ventured into Snolly Gloucester before I realized I was researching the wrong <laughs> the damn wrong thing. Damn thing. <laughs> and guess who wrote about the Snolly Gloucester? <laughs> no. Our good old friend Hal Johnson from Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods. He's got a chapter on the Snolly Gloucester in there, and I swear, if 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 we eliminate how it does anything, you could just replace Snolly Gloucester with Snolly Gloucester and still think it's the same thing. It's still doing harm. It's still being aggressive. <laughs> there's no other than the appearance. There's mm-hmm. nothing about it then that's different. And of course. As we all know, Hal Johnson likes to write some crazy stuff that's clearly not what the original book was, but he thinks he can just get away with saying crazy things like humans have been attacked by things such as ticks, pumas, and Frenchmen. Like, just throwing that in there. Yeah, Frenchmen. Mm -hmm. Is he saying that French people are not human? Like, what the... It's just cool. And then he doesn't. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> Most importantly, is where he talks about the Snolly Goster having a bit of a fun time with the uh, Louisiana governor, Huey Pierce Long, where he gets impaled on the Snolly Goster's uh, horn. So the Snolly Goster has a horn on its back for some reason. And it impales people and it holds them high so that their shadow is present and then it can eat. Their shadow. Oh, my God. Anyway, so he talks <laughs> about how the governor did uh, doesn't keep his heart where he normally should in his chest. So he remained Cause alive. Because he's, he's a politician, get it? Yeah. Ah. So, he, so he remains alive, and he's shouting to the people saying, help me, help me. But they're not helping. They think this is great. So they start taking pictures of him uh, impaled on this creature. Apparently, they sold these photographs as postcards to make a bit of money can you imagine the postcards for the state are the governor (laughs) impaled by a monster and and he ends that story with the late governor still known in louisiana as huey pierced lung and everyone has a good laugh oh my god it's so stupid yeah because none of this is true like there's that like huey pierce long was the louisiana governor but none of this actually happened nobody knows him as huey pierce lung that's not a thing there's no pictures of him impaled on anything on postcards like i don't understand why hal johnson is writing these things other than to to show that he hates this governor for some reason And then he ends that chapter with another story that I don't even know why he decided to add it in. But he was just like, this man who approached me had a problem. He was afflicted with this (laughs) disease called biumbralism, which is having two shadows. And the second shadow was an evil shadow. So I suggested to him that he should go get his shadow eaten by a snollygoster. And then he sees him the next time he sees him. He's like, I see you got the thing done. And then he sees the guy's shadow and realizes... The thing ate the wrong shadow. That was the story. I just don't understand it. It's the stupidest thing. I'm not even going to go into the fact that he has a story about having a manservant that's watching cartoons. And then he his shadow gets in because he doesn't listen to, to the author's uh, warnings. Like This is the insane ramblings of this man. I don't even know why this thing is like... Anyway... That's a Snolly Goster in a nutshell, and we're never going to review that on this show. 
<laughs> belongs in hell. <laughs> that's that's a lot to unpack. We need a whole season on Hal and his goddamn book. <laughs> so another similar theory is that it was just a tool of power for the elites in town, as it was a scare tactic aimed at the homeless and others in the area that just they that they did not want traveling through the county. As a warning that they would be eaten by this monster, they best just not even come through town. Likewise, in the moonshiner explosion of 1932, the Great Explosion... It could have been a tool to keep people from illegally making alcohol. How's that sort of idea sound? Like it was just an, created to scare people from even transients from even coming into town. So just best on move through. So wait, was the moonshine thing real? The explosion? Well, <laughs> the the weird thing is about that story is they actually had quotes from the prohibition officer and the and the deputy. So those people are real people. But the way that was presented in the book, it said that prohibition officers tended to have a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, God. And I guess this humor manifested in saying that they used 500 pounds of dynamite to blow up 2,500 gallons of moonshine that they found. It sounds like to me the newspaper bribed them. <laughs> <laughs> just say tell say that the goddamn snally gaster wasn't there we're gonna sell even more newspapers <laughs> well it wasn't there but it was dead but <laughs> to make sure yeah. we blew it up again like now there's no evidence <laughs> yep the last idea is that it was a creative story that just completely blew up so stories of this thing showed that it was moving west to east when it was originally spotted the original sighting came from of the creature came from a man in Castown, Ohio, by the name of T. Saw Harbog. This man, who had authored hundreds of novels at the time and was originally from Middletown, even writing a book about the town. One of his best buds, George Roderick, was the editor of the Register. To make it worse, T. C. was even a regular contributor to the Register. According to the Mysteries and Lore of Western Maryland book, who better than a novel writer who contributes to the newspaper to concoct this story about the Snallygaster and then get people scared and start killing owls? So what do you think, Angel? I think this is the most believable one. Mm-hmm. It's ex- it's what I it's uh I read the same thing in uh in that book. Mm-hmm. So, and it made all it made all kinds of sense. You mentioned that he was a a writer, right? I think I think the pulp book, writer. Yeah, he he had written like, like over six hundred novels. Yeah, he was. I think they call nickel novels or something. Yeah, like that. I feel like those are reminiscent of of the novels we found of the Piasa. Uh, I think so. The gun, even, was it the gunsmith? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, yeah, the gunsmith, and it's like. <laughs> Uh, 10,000 journeys into cryptidhood <laughs> <laughs> and that's just that one chapter where he's just, it's just uh, him and a woman yep. you know, doing stuff <laughs> just being adults in a novel <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I could very um, easily see it as sort of a mix of all three of it having you know like uh, racist undertones in the beginning too just to scare people um, from being in the area and also to scare people that they didn't want in the area, homeless people, things like that. And then mix in just wanting to sell newspapers. You got yourself a 
sounds to me like a plot that easily can be concocted in the early 1900s. So do you have any theories that you wanted to chime in with? Well, I wanted to add that the book goes on to mention that Harbo was a regular contributor to the register not long before the Snallygaster story broke. An article celebrating Harbo's 60th birthday was featured on the front page. Hard evidence that he was probably involved. <laughs> Could, in can you imagine front page news? Is this dude turning 60 <laughs> years old? My God. Well, I mean, he's written a bunch of, uh, you know, pulp novels. No, no 650 wonder, of them. <laughs> no wonder they needed the Snallygaster. They're writing about a guy turning 60 years old as front page news. He probably, he probably said, look, I appreciate the front page news guys, but. I can give you something much better to write about. <laughs> I mean, I am an author of 650 novels. <laughs> and I am getting on in age. You know, we don't live too long around these times. <laughs> Go on. For theories, I think the Mothman, the the Van Meter Visitor, and uh, apparently the Jersey Devil. Apparently 1735 is the exact year that the... Snallygaster was brought into uh, existence in, I guess, uh, the, the popular culture at the time. And that happens to be the same year that the Jersey Devil also came into existence. Again, with the Middletown Valley Register, it says here, one of the theories is that it was a hoax, uh, right, to, to get more people to read this newspaper and it says the descriptions they invented borrowed themes from existing german folklore including dragon-like creatures who snatch children and livestock and also appeared to invoke descriptions of the jersey devil which had been spotted near weeks earlier again it kind of reinforces the fact that these came into existence around the same time this book haunted maryland ghosts and strange phenomena of the old line state also kind of brought up the whole jersey devil thing i thought this little line was interesting it says while the jersey devil has developed a national reputation the snallygaster has been misinterpreted misunderstood and mistreated to the point of even being killed off uh, what <laughs> which i i feel is uh it's it's uh, i think it rings true to a lot of the cryptids we've talked about where you know the skunk ape is lesser known but bigfoot is popular worldwide um you and know, skunk ape can freaking hypnotize you and like <laughs> yeah. all, all, so many cool powers yeah and then you have the van meter visitor uh yeah the great value version of mothman uh-huh and then the, the mothman is the one that, that gets popular so but yeah i think the van meter visitor the mothman and the snallygaster and the jersey devil are all the same kind of creature I'm willing to say that it it's might be the same creature, and I'm starting to be lean more towards the ultra terrestrial, mm-hmm. extra dimensional being theory, because mm-hmm. I feel like it might all just be the same guy coming in and out of our reality uh, at different times in in history. Yeah, are they a time and traveler too? If they're extra dimensional, because time has no meaning. Yeah, maybe they experience time differently, like Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen. Watchmen, yeah. <laughs> He's blue and naked. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. But it's like, oh, these people can't, you know, comprehend this, so I'll just be a winged thing. <laughs> yeah. At times I'll have a horn on my head, at times I'll uh, just have octopus te- tentacles. Yeah. 
And sometimes, you know what? I'm just going to attack people. I'm just going to viciously attack people. Because I'm bored. Yeah. You know, an hour and a half, I'm going to fight these two dudes. (laughs) Sounds fun to me. We can't claim to know how this creature thinks. Perhaps it's doing those things for those reasons. It didn't like it when it was the Mothman trying to give um, (laughs) messages. Now it's like, screw these people. I'm going to fight them. Yeah. the, The only thing we can do that we have control over is just to keep appeasing it and building idols for it anyway so let's jump right in the og rubric of power angel how did you rank the powers this was a little tricky because we uh with the van meter visitor i said oh it flies and it was impervious to bullets (laughs) and it was um peaceful this one is it flies <laughs> impervious to bullets <laughs> and it attacks people. Hates people. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, I also included its size as a thing, it being a, mm-hmm. a big beast, and I guess I'm including the um, the child that can change its size and and yeah, color. Just, there's a lot of things it can do, and it has an assortment of claws and tentacles and beaks and can suck your blood. I guess. On the raw level, on the raw physical level, it just seems like this pretty cool thing. Like this gnarly thing that you see. If you see it, you're gonna be like, "What?" Like I don't, I don't get these people that see this thing and they're like, "Let me shoot at it." Because I know, yeah. I feel like I'm gonna, it's gonna l- draw its run- attention. Yeah, that thing's I'm- effing huge. You think one bullet's gonna kill this? The army was coming <laughs> in with a Gatling gun. They knew what they were doing. I mean, that's that's what happened to George Jacobs. He shot at it, and the thing said, "What?" and got annoyed and chased him. Mm-hmm. I don't want that happening to me. That stable wasn't there. George Jacobs would have been dead. It's like uh, what he should have done, which is given it some water. Yep. <laughs> Apparently the water uh, makes it non-hostile. <laughs> makes it want to talk. <laughs> or moonshine. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is the Suchinoko also yep. talk when it's drunk. It does, yep. Gotta <laughs> oh give it some sake. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, so I gave it a three. Not bad, not bad. I was on the same page here. Bulletproof flight. We all know that I love flight. And this (laughs) is probably, I think, the first time I did not see any claims that it flew extremely fast. So it gets bonus points for that, for just flying (laughs) at normal speeds. Normal flight speed. It flew at such normal speeds, it didn't need mentioning of the speed. It was that benign of a speed. (laughs) It can drink a shit ton of water, which I think is an underutilized thing. If you, you know, take the claim when it spoke at face value, it apparently hadn't drank since it was originally killed as a Civil War soldier or as a Civil War (laughs) era entity. So Uh this thing is like a mega camel and it just keeps water in its lovely Snallygaster lumps. And let's not sleep on the whole Battle of Chickamauga shit. I, I don't even know what to make of that. That's just wild. And and it can talk. Like you said, Snallygaster 2.0 can change color and make itself bigger. So that's mm-hmm. cool. All that combined, I gave it a four for power. Wow. How about detectability? So this one, I, I didn't know what to do with this one. Because you said it earlier where you're like, how has uh, how something this big hide so well or something like that? And... Yeah, because it had to have gotten to that size <laughs> and then just start attacking people. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's like it's good at hiding, but at the same time, 
once it got spotted during this period, <laughs> there were sightings all, all over. Yeah, it gave no um, shits anymore. It was even just even like... when the guy supposedly caught it, which happened to be an owl. St- people started seeing. I'm I now I'm wondering like did they start seeing it again once they realized it was an owl the guy had caught? Like yeah, coincidence or was it like oh this, this guy has an owl? I guess better go make up another sighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the same time. And then, and then there's the whole, you know, the moonshine thing. The thing is dead, and they blow it up. <laughs> we have no evidence of this thing ever existing. I don't know. It's, I'm, it's like, uh, <laughs> I gave it a 2.003. God, 2.003. Based on how many people saw it during the, the few months that it was around, I, I think it just stopped being stealthy at all. And because mm-hmm. of that... I ended up giving it a one because it was at a certain point in its life. It just chose to be detected. Then it died because it fell into a vat of moonshine. So ugh. how about the lore <laughs> at this point? It's, it's, it's like, I feel like we've been through this again. Um, this one before, like with the van meter with Iowa specifically having strange things happening. There's like a, a very, par- a lot of paranormal things, uh, events happening in that area and during that time and the the maryland book says something similar about um the uh the snallygaster there's a lot of even prior to the snallygasters the whole debacle there are other instances of other strange things happening in that town and lots of paranormal events going on it's like i don't want to downplay but it's starting to sound very like everyone during this time just had strange shit going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, like it's, a, just... it's like a trope now. <laughs> Nineteen hundred <laughs> weird shit happens. <laughs> yeah, even still, like that also makes it cool because you can like every state now. I'm starting to think has like their own insulated little history with paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I'm sure if I throw a, a coin at a map of the United States and whatever state I land on. I can find paranormal stuff happening there during this time period, especially mm-hmm. the idea of all of that happening during that time. I'm including that as part of the mystique mm-hmm. and I gave it a 2.5. Uh, I think it's a fun one. The The wild newspaper stories. I love that stuff. Uh, I think they <laughs> add a lot to the lore because it melds fiction and reality. Like, did it really happen? Is this new? Mm-hmm. It's in a newspaper. It has to be true, right? Newspapers don't lie to us. I, I like how it came back just to die in a vat of moonshine and then be blown up. That was fun. <laughs> it's awesome. And uh, the perfect burial in my book, like those sky burials where the vultures eat your body. Like, yeah. I want a moonshine vat explosion funeral. <laughs> that's, that's, peak, that's peak death in my book. So... I, I rated it a 3.95. Okay. And uh, Intelligence, the make or break. This is another one that I'm just like, I don't know how intelligent this thing is. It, I mean, it's attacking people. It's talking. It's, <laughs> it needs alcohol and water. And, and it's getting into hour-long fights. But besides killing that one person, it seems, again, you mentioned that it's getting... It's plans foiled by random people at random times all the time. Mm-hmm. So how can it really be that smart? Like you have you're this giant thing. You can apparently suck blood with your beak. 
you have tentacles, you have these claws, you, you must, you got a long tail. I'm sure there's um, superhuman strength in mm-hmm. there. And yet you can't, like, people are foiling you, you're impervious to bullets. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> and like the tentacle thing, I didn't see a single story that it used its tentacles for anything. <laughs> I don't know where They're the tentacles there. are. <laughs> They're just there. I, so I like gave a it like vestigial tail that it just they just hang and dangle. They can't be used for anything. It's just there to, I guess, intimidate. I guess <laughs> make it look more fearsome than it really is. So I settled. I settled on a two for this one. On mine, I'm hinging this all on the one time that it talked and said it died <laughs> in the Battle of Chickamauga, which. You know, it makes me think more. I think I said this a bit that there is no claim that it was a resurrected human. Maybe that that this thing is a goddamn phoenix, and when it dies, it's reborn stronger. But looking at it though, maybe one side had a damn Snallygaster fighting for it in the Civil War, which would imply <laughs> that it was either supporting the Union or the Confederacy. And if it supported the Confederacy, it supported like systematic slavery of entire peoples. So that's not cool, but if it supported the Union, I can work with that. And I want to believe that the Snallygaster would fight on the side of the Union, so I rated it a 3 in intelligence. <laughs> okay. How about pop culture? There are quite a few books written on it, surprisingly. Uh, mostly in, in books about Maryland and weird Maryland and haunted Maryland. hmm all these tales about Maryland. And there's that one book that Peter, I think, was his author's name? Yeah. Mm. That uh, just wrote about the Snallygaster. Patrick, uh, I think it was Patrick Boynton. Patrick, yeah. And then there's there's a few children's books written on the Snallygaster. Dang, they're coming into your territory. Children's <laughs> author. <laughs> yeah. Good thing they stop because I don't I don't need them uh, encroaching on my territory. My favorite one is that there's a, a Flintstones book about the Snallygaster, although it's not really really about the Snallygaster. <laughs> Apparently, Fred Flintstone. I'm, I wasn't aware of this. He's a member of a of, of a lodge. Yeah, he's he's a member of bowling lodge. Well, I knew that. Yeah. I just didn't know the name of it. It was some. It's the something of the Snallygaster is what it's called. Holy shit! Yeah, I think Pebbles asks, you know, what's a Snallygaster, and he explains, it's this winged thing, whatever. But then, then Wilma's like, can you tell us what really goes on in those lodges? And he, and then Fred is being Fred, and he's like, oh, the Snallygaster eats wives that ask too many questions, <laughs> and then they go off and do this talent show thing i don't know that came out of nowhere <laughs> god and then barney gets hurt because he's jumping <laughs> on a trampoline and and then and then he thinks uh, and then fred oh fred's talent is like a, a magic a, an illusion show and and wilma's and uh, gets betty and she's like we're gonna sabotage fred's uh magic show because that'll teach them to not tell us what they do at their lodge meetings no it won't he'll just Make Fred angry and hate you more. <laughs> well, well, Fred, you know, his magic uh, is going wrong and he thinks it's Barney sabotaging him. So he sees Barney on the trampoline and he joins him and that's what makes him get hurt or something because makes him bounce up. God, I don't know. It's... What, what a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the end, I don't remember what happened, but it was just like 
Wilma saying, what really goes on in those meetings? And Fred's like, oh, I was just kidding about about it eating wives. It survives off uh, chocolate and gasoline. <laughs> and she's like, really? And he's like, yeah, because how else would it power its engine? Because apparently it can fly like an airplane helicopter. His words. <laughs> There's so much wrong with that. <laughs> That's good. The powers on gasoline and gasoline's a fossil fuel and the dinosaurs are already still alive. <laughs> There, that means there's all like previous dinosaurs that have. Oh my god! <laughs> that means that the 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 in the Flintstones universe, the Earth is even older than it really is. <laughs> like trillions of years old. <laughs> anyway, there's also in 2010 the start of an annual beer festival called Snallygaster in Washington D.C. A beastly beer jamboree. <laughs> yep, but. For some reason, it's, it's, it doesn't, it feels like, again, I never really heard of this thing until I started researching it, especially if we, uh, it, it gets a lot of, for some reason, it gets a lot of comparisons to the Jersey Devil because of it being uh, talked about during the same time. And because the Jersey Devil is so much more popular, I'm kind of biased now and seeing, you know, Jersey Devil, I've heard of that thing, Snallygaster, not so much. Mm-hmm. So pop culture. Even with all those things I said, I gave it a two. Two, yeah. And I mean, it's a tricky one because I don't believe a single thing that was in any of those newspapers. So I don't really know <laughs> if it caught the attention of freaking President Roosevelt. Maybe, maybe I don't know. But <laughs> like, he was a hardcore huntsman. I think after he left <laughs> office and went to Africa, I think they like he killed like fifteen hundred animals or some crazy number like that. Like, mm-hmm. he just scoured Africa, just wantonly killing animals. So, I, I What a great I, man. I know. I wouldn't put it past him, like, wanting to go out and look for it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I guess that's a cool little thing that impacted if that was true. The game Fallout 76, I've played a, a good amount of hours in this now and have not encountered the Mothman in there, but also the Snallygaster is Ooh. in the in Fallout 76. There is the South Mountain Creamery, a dairy located in Frederick County, Maryland. It produces an ice cream flavored, a flavor named Snallygaster, and it consists of peanut butter flavored ice cream with a caramel swirl, peanut butter cups, and pretzels. So I, I would like to taste the Snallygaster. Uh, Apparently, that, it tastes like peanut butter. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Just put some moonshine on it too, and then blow <laughs> it up. Now and so now I have a whole new category of things to search because outside of beers, I think cryptid ice creams is pretty badass. So <laughs> keep an eye out for those. But uh-huh. I was able to find at least eleven Snallygaster beers, but the one that was highest rated on the Untapped app is from uh, Blue Jacket Brewery. So good for them. <laughs> they got they got the best Snallygaster out there. Probably I, tastes like peanuts. Yep. <laughs> well, I've had some peanut butter beers. They're pretty good. <laughs> um, I rated it as a two point seven five. Okay. So, what is your total for the Snallygaster? My total is eleven point five zero three. Mine is a fourteen point seven. So, putting the Snallygaster through rubric of power, we have a combined score of. So with that very good score, Andrew, why don't we just jump straight into the Amalgamation Corner? How would you make the Snallygaster better? The Snallygaster can fly, impervious to bullets, 
whether you can do the it can fly uh but can it crow <laughs> they're gonna do the rufio thing from hook <laughs> no i i am i've eliminated all robin williams movies from my from my memory so that i can watch them again with a fresh mind <laughs> well that means you gotta see jack for the first time now <laughs> yes yes <laughs> it's got what size it's got all these things so how can we improve on the snallygaster well simple we combine it with the skunk ape mm, make it good choice make it hairy make it stinky make it teleport and make it control minds <laughs> maybe then it wouldn't get foiled by people <laughs> maybe it could finally kill people <laughs> and then and then it eat and then it would eat lentils <laughs> armadillos too um the <laughs> other thing that it could do too is that the ones that it did get locked in an hour and a half battle it could just neuralize them and then make them forget that it even had that battle so yep. i mean but damn that's a good combo <laughs> yep i'm going straight into it angel i'm going to the cream of the crop i am going to santa claus we oh are getting God. the schneller geist snallygaster santa claus he's getting the what was his name black pete the, mm-hmm. the the like demon chained to him, to him. Uh, he's bringing Black Pete with him. He's going out. Snallygaster's making amends for all this terror that he brought <laughs> to this town. He's gonna start giving them gifts in the form <laughs> of jugs of moonshine are getting thrown through windows. <laughs> oh, that is the Schnellergeist <laughs> Snallygaster Santa Claus. Well, I approve. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for December twenty fifth when I get. My window broken by a bottle of moonshine. A moonshine gets chucked through your window, and you say, "Daddy, it's the Snellergeist." Thanks, Snellergeist. <laughs> Goodbye, Black Pete. And then you like demon grunts at you. So now that we have Snallygasted our way to the end, perhaps you, dear curiosities. Can Snallygaster wait to Twitter and tweet at us at Cracking Curios with uh, any questions you have about this episode, any episode previous, any future episodes you might want to hear about? There's a creature you dying to learn and have us discuss. Just let us know with a hashtag CrackCryptid. Then maybe you might want to include at uh, Dan Aykroyd so he can help you bust this quick ghost. Uh. You can also... <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids, where we uh, try to maintain a social presence on there as well. You can also email us at crackingcryptidsandcurials at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming platform, such as Amazon, Stitcher, Audible. Podbean is our main host. We're on Spotify. You can find us on Google, iHeartRadio, or Apple iTunes. And as always, Snelly you later. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. I've I've already been told not to do this one time.
they see me a second time and, and it's over for me. 